Good everybody, welcome to the Community Is Our Middle Name podcast, proudly brought to you by Grandkids Community Health, GCH. My name is Gareth Oliver, it's great to be with you for another episode, and we're talking about cancer on this episode. It's probably not something that people really want to talk about, but it's something we need to talk about. And uh, we're talking specifically about cervical cancer, bowel cancer, and breast cancer with our our, uh, our nurse who's on this week, um, Katie Louise Lovett, who... Uh, does the cervical screening, goes out and does some talks as well around um, bowel cancer and breast cancer in our community. So Katie's going to um, drop some of her knowledge about the subjects and it's a very important thing. And it's important that uh, that we all go and get checked out for these things. And Katie's going to explain a bit more in the podcast why it's so important. And of course, this podcast is the Community is a Middle Name podcast, proudly brought to you by Grandpins Community Health, for you, your family, our community. Uh, this week on the Community Is A Middle Name podcast, Katie Louise Lovett, who is a registered nurse in the Women's Health Portfolio, joins us on the podcast. Um, Katie, thanks for giving up some time to have a chat. Thank you. Um, Katie, tell us a bit about what you do in the healthy communities uh, area. Um, I work as a registered nurse for Grampians Community Health, predominantly working um, on a women's health portfolio. Um, so that involves cervical screening, um, general talking about women's health, contraception, early detection of um, cancers and um, just the general health of women. So we don't really have many registered nurses at GCH because we're not like a, you know, hospital health centre, we're a you know, community health centre. So you're one of probably only a few registered nurses who are actually here, aren't you? Yes, I am, which is quite exciting, the community health space for nursing. Um, I think it's something that's going to start evolving. Um, and, it, yeah, it's a lovely job for nursing. So how did you get into this gig, Katie? Um, started, um, I when I first started nursing, I started off in emergency um, at a tertiary hospital, worked there for eight years, did my postgrad in all that, um, then I was lucky enough to move up to the Territory where I worked as a primary healthcare nurse. So it gave me the skills to actually bring back down south. So I did everything from women's health, community health, uh, chronic disease, child health, um, and doing a lot of preventing before we actually had to transfer people to big emergency departments. So it's given me the skills to bring back home. I can I can tell just from when you spoke then that you worked in the territory. I worked in the territory and lived up there for a little while as well. And and down south is such a territory phrase. Oh yes, it is. I forget that down south. <laughs> I think when I lived in Darwin, anywhere that wasn't Darwin was basically down south. It doesn't matter. You yeah. could have been talking about Indonesia, and I still would have been talking about down south. Um, yep. Interesting place to live and work, isn't it? Oh, I miss it every day. I absolutely loved it because we were remote in Arnhem Land. Um, in Gapawiak, and then I went to the Daly River and worked in a community called Nayu. So all Aboriginal communities, and it was just for a nurse. I was pretty burnt from ED, um, and just to do something different. Oh my goodness, it was it was amazing. 
Yeah, I actually found, you know, I, being a, I'm a local to, to this part of the world and mm. I did, did get to, I was mainly in Darwin, but I did get to go out into some of the communities in Arnhem Land. I went out to, remember going out to Ramanginning. Um, oh, you? Yeah. Quite, um, yeah, that was, that was a real opener for, for me. Um, yeah. it's just very different than what we see around here. And I guess for you in a nursing capacity, it would have been extremely different to what you would have seen, um, back here in Victoria. Yes, because, there, you know, the doctor would fly in once a week. Like, my skills were just amazing. Like, I had to do everything and then come back down here and hands are tied. <laughs> so, you heard it here first. Katie Louise Lovett has mad skills. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> both staff skills, you name it. Um, <laughs> so, Katie... Talk a little bit about what we're we're here to to discuss today, which is the uh, the, the the cancer screening stuff that we're sort of running with at GCH. Yeah, um, the cancer council the cancer council made contact um, with us because they've you know pulled some data and they found that around this area, predominantly the Arach um, Shire, that we've got some of the lowest screening rates in Victoria. That's really um, that's really sad, isn't it? I, why do you think that is? Do you think people just put their head in the sand a bit, don't want to deal with it or haven't got time or can't get access to services? I think they're the three. I think you've just nailed the main three. Access to services is massive for rural health. Um, the good old, it won't happen to me. Um, and like um, one of the nurses I worked with had the perfect analogy. She said, we service our cars regularly because we want them to run at optimal level, but we don't actually look after ourselves properly to make sure we run as well. And I thought she she said that beautifully, and it was something that a lot of people will understand. Yeah, it's a it's a great analogy. You're right. Mm. Um, because I like you're right. Services, I mean, in a lot of areas, are very hard to get in regional um, parts of the. The state, unless you're in somewhere big like Ballarat, but even then you can't get everything. You might have to go to Melbourne or Geelong. Um, yeah, and and yeah, I think there is a lot of that. You know, she'll be right attitude with people around um, around here and, and in regional areas in in general. Yeah, it is. It's yeah, and I've found doing this project really challenging. Um, especially for the men around the area, the um, uptake and receptiveness, I guess, of talking about bowel cancer has been really challenging. Well, I was going to bring that up because you were at the over-40s football netball match there to, to talk to people about uh, bowel cancer and about also the the cervical screening stuff that mm-hmm. you guys do here. And I remember talking to you about it on the day and you said that um, most of the women were happy to have a chat to you, but the the men were not interested. No, and I don't know whether that's just because they're having to talk to a female about something, you know, no one likes to talk about poo. Um, I don't know if it was because I was female or just due to the general conversation or it's just something we are not talking about as a community. Uh, Cervical screening, I think women are talking more openly, like about having children, um you know, some of the traumatic events that happen post-childbirth, that to talk about a cervix and screening is actually okay now. Um, I think there's this new generation of women that are quite open um, where, um, yeah, this is just a presumption, but men, yeah, they still do not want to talk about their health and I don't know how to change that. 
Ah, uh, look, I, I I don't think that um, anyone really knows how to change that. I, I when when you're telling me that on the day, I completely understood that you why you'd hit a brick wall, and you were dealing, I guess, with with sort of a, an older crowd as well. I mean, maybe it's different with younger guys. Yeah, and that's the hard thing. Maybe with the younger guys, they might have a bit more of an uptake, but at the moment, you know, we're trying to screen the 50 to 75-year-old age group to make sure they're getting screened. But that's the it's a bit of a tricky conversation with a lot of people. I think there's some misconceptions about what bowel screening is. Um, and, you know, if we can just get the message out that it's only, you know, two stool samples on opposite days and then all you have to do is post it off. That is all we need to do. And, you know, if anything's abnormal, you will be contacted. Yeah, and I think people get it a bit confused with prostate cancer as well. You're um, exactly right. Yeah, and, and people don't also realise now that screening for prostate cancer is a blood test. Yep, it's one one blood test gone of the days where it's, you know, finger at the bottom. Um and that was, you know, on the on the days I've had a lot of people thinking that bowel cancer is the association with prostate, um, but you know they're two totally different tests. So with the, with a the bowel test, we'll we'll talk a bit about bowel cancer first. Let's get this shit out of the way. Yeah. Um, literally. Um, we'll um. What, what's what's the go with that? So you said that people take the two get two stool samples and send it off. So. Do they come in and see you to get a, a kit, come in to GCH and, and talk to you? Yeah, so there's um, quite a few options. There is a telephone number that they can call. There's pretty much, yeah, there's a few options. So when they turn 50, they get a kit in the mail. So that's the start of everything. Automatically comes to their address. So making sure um, everything's correct on Medicare. So you're actually going to start getting, make sure all your details are up to date. If they're all up to date, you'll receive... Um, your bowel kit in the mail from 50 years of age and then every two years after that. If you've lost it or damaged it, you can either make a phone call or you can order one online and that is something that I and GCH can actually help you order if you don't have access to the internet or don't have a phone. We can help support you in getting your new bowel kit. Excellent. Um, And obviously we know what the main reason is for you know for doing the, the bowel cancer screening every couple of years, you know, so you don't don't die. But what should people be looking for if they're a bit concerned? Yeah, so there is some signs and symptoms. Um, some of them are blood in your feces or your poo, um, but just making sure that's not due to having an active hemorrhoid at that time. So yeah, so new blood in your feces, um, a change in your bowel habits such as your diary, constipation, or small, more frequent bowel movements. Um, Some of the other risk factors, um, some of the other symptoms to look for um, is a change in the look of your poo. Uh, You're feeling quite full or bloated um, in your belly. The feeling uh, that your bowels haven't emptied properly. You might start to feel quite weak and fatigue, uh, rectal or anal pain. Uh, and then if you've had some um, bloods done, um, you could have a low blood count as well for when you have your regular checkups at the doctor. When you can get into a doctor. Correct. Yeah. Um, 
that's um, that's all good information to know, and and I think it's 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 great that you know if we can get that info out there to people because uh, you know we talked about that head in the sand stuff, and I think that's mm-hmm. that happens more than what we would like to think. Um, we'll talk about the the cervical screening next, uh, and people can can come and see you uh, on site here in Stall. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So um, my predominant place of work is at Stall. Um, every second Thursday, but um, we're actually seeing quite an increase. So maybe, hopefully, with funding, I might be able to do every Thursday. Um, and then hopefully um, maybe offer some services in our app. Um, but, you know, I'm not sure if Jack and Greg have decided that's a go. But, yeah, predominantly at stall, um, Thursdays, 9 till 5, and open to, you know, change it around a bit to help people get in. Um, since we're, um, I think we need to really promote the self-collect. Um, what is what is the self-collect? Sorry, Katie. Yeah, so self-collect now is a swab um, that takes some samples um, of your lower vagina. Oh, hang on. We've got to think of a nice way to put that on a podcast. That'll be fine. Yeah, well, self-collecting, all it is is you come up and see me. Um, we talk about as long as you don't have any signs and symptoms, um, you're eligible for a self-collect, which is just a swab inserted into the vagina, rolled around five times, and then you are done. Um, it's private. It's confidential. You hide behind the curtain. I don't even need to be present when you do it. Too easy. And then do you send that off? or? or does yeah, I send that off to pathology. Um, then they let me know your results. I also CC your regular GP into that so they can um, also follow up your results. But otherwise, you'll expect to have a phone call from me the following fortnight just informing you of your results. Now, I have heard people in the community talking about they've seen some of our, our information out there about the cervical screening programs, and I really must get onto that. Um, really must get up there and, and do it. Um, so to to come up and see you, it's it's a it's a booking, isn't it? It's a booking system. Yeah, it is. Um, the booking's done. So you ring up. It's done through intake, and then they go through my calendar and find you um, a vacant spot. Really. Yeah, five three five eight seven four double zero is a number to call to make an appointment to see Katie. Um, what are the what are the symptoms that people might need to look out for for uh, cervical cancer, Katie? Um, some signs and symptoms that you need to look for for cervical cancer are um, vaginal bleeding between your periods, um, menstrual bleeding that is longer or heavier than normal, pain during intercourse, bleeding after intercourse, some severe like pelvic pain, um, and then we talk about change in vaginal discharge or more discharge than normal, and then... You may have gone through menopause, but then you may have some vaginal bleeding during that time. So, yeah, all pretty um, pretty important stuff to keep an eye out for, I would imagine. Correct. Uh, and, and well done with that, getting all that off the top of your head. That's great work. Um, now, we're, we're also talking a bit about uh, breast screening as well. Um, so that's something that I think has does get a fair bit of media attention, doesn't it, the breast cancer stuff? It does, but once again, the uptake of getting screening um, is still low. And that's, that's with all of the 
you know, the talk about it and all the, you see things like the pink test match and the, 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 the breast cancer round and the footy and stuff like that. And uh, people are still sort of, you know, not really talking about it enough from, you know, from what you're saying. Um, and another thing that I think people think is it's only, only women who can get breast cancer, but that's not true, is it? No, it can be men as well. So, so blokes, you keep an eye out for it as well. So, with a breast screen, what's the what's the situation there? What happens with that? So, breast screening Victoria provides free breast screening to women um, of eligible age. So that's normally the fifty to seventy four year old age group, um, but you still um, can go as early as forty, um, especially if you have signs and symptoms, um, which we can run through them as well. Which yeah, go for it. Um, um, new lumps in the breast, um, especially if it's in one. Sore nipples, which can also include the shape. Um, nipple discharge, um, the size and shape of a breast or both. Um, and then skin changes and discomfort and things under your armpit. Um, and rash or red swollen breasts. And then ongoing pain that you can't rule out to be anything else. And GCH is running a bus to Horsham for a breast screen, I think, uh, later this month too. And I would encourage anyone to jump on it. And also, again, I think it's also a lovely way for women to get together and start having these conversations. And it's free. And it's free. <laughs> yeah. So the price is definitely right. Uh, is it, you now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember doing something as well on our socials a couple of years ago about there's a, a breast screen bus that goes around to different areas as well. Is that right? Yeah, there is. They nominate certain areas to go um, sit with the bus. And so you can go and join in that. Still need to book in, I believe. Mm, I'm not really sure about that. So. No, I think you do. I'm, I'm just thinking from memory because it was in our at 12 months, 18 months ago from, from memory. Yeah. So, yeah, that's um, I think you do have to make a booking. But I think if anyone's... If anyone's unsure, Google's your best friend. Yeah, and the breast screening website for Victoria. <coughs> yeah. Sorry. <coughs> All right. I'll put a link to the uh, breast screen Victoria website in the show notes as as well. So I think our main message here today, Katie, is the importance of going and getting checked out, isn't it? It is. Early detection is key. And like we've nearly... With breast, spouse and cervical cancers, if we can detect early, the likelihood of you beating this disease is it is amazing. But if we leave it too long, um, if we leave it too long... Yeah, the odds dramatically shorten if you leave it too long of survival, don't they? Early detection is vital. Yeah, and, and uh, that's that's probably the main message we want to get across here is... Um, whether you have symptoms or not, if you're in that age bracket, um, or some of the age brackets that Katie's mentioned here today, get in touch with, with us here at GCH, get in touch with Katie or get in touch with your GP and, um, and book yourself in for a screening or, or get hold of a screening kit. Um, Katie, I know you're, you're very busy and you're, you're going to go out and talk a bit about bowel cancer that's in, uh, in the community today. Actually, before we get to that, are you going out to speak directly to people at Men's Shed today about bowel cancer? How, how does that conversation, how do you reckon that's going to go? Um, I have high hopes for Pomona. I'll be honest, I went to stall and it was amazing. 
the um, the conversations we had, which led to mental health and all these other things, like it was so good. I left there feeling like I'd done my job really well. Well, let's hope that it that it goes well uh, today, and at some of the other men's sheds and and some of those other places that you go and speak to, because they're the they're the target group for a lot of these things, aren't they? They are. They truly are. I think. I think for a lot of them too, knowing I was a local, that I grew up in a farming community, that we've come home, I think I let people know that early and I think that they're quite receptive of that, that I'm not just someone who's come from Melbourne, that I understand some of the barriers, but I, I know the barriers to healthcare living back down this way. Um, so I think that's really worked in my favour. Yeah, local knowledge always helps, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Katie, before we wrap this up, um, you've done a great job. You've done better than mum did. Um, <laughs> I won't tell her that. Um, yeah, go on. I will. <laughs> I bet you will. We need to uh, say how we prevent cancer. Absolutely. I reckon if you've got any other messages, let's get them out now. Yeah. Um, I think so. There's seven ways to prevent cancer and they're actually seven ways that we talk about in life for every chronic condition we have so the first one is regular screening check for unusual changes and have your regular screening tests two limit alcohol three maintain a healthy weight four eat a healthy diet five be active six be sun smart and seven stop smoking and they're pretty much seven things we can take out all through our health health journey. Yeah, a lot of those. Yeah, for, for not just cancer, for a lot of things. Um, for yeah, health, for chronic conditions, for everything. Yeah, and I think that's a good way to to wrap it up. Um, thanks again for giving up some time this morning, Katie. I know you're extremely busy, uh, and um, thanks for being a part of the Communities of Middle Name podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you once again, Katie, who I know was very, very nervous about coming on the podcast, for coming on and having a talk about uh, about those those subjects that we don't talk enough about, especially people here in regional areas. We're quite stoic with a lot of this sort of stuff, especially to do with our health when when we needn't be. So um, get in touch with Katie if you're um, to pick up a, a, a bowel scanning kit or uh, for a cervical screening and... Um, yeah, give her a call, 53587400 to make a booking. You can go and get that done in stall. And, of course, um, we do have the bus going up to Horsham later on this month as well. And you can go to our website for more details on that, gch.org.au. And, of course, while you're on that website, on gch.org.au, you'll be able to find out more about what we do here at GCH, what services we provide, including some of these services, alcohol and other drug support, carer support, family violence help, aged care services, including uh, home care package case management and uh, domestic supports, NDIS services, including uh, support coordination for NDIS plans and plan management, mental health services, counselling across a wide range of areas, and much, much more. And like I said, gch.org.au, that's our website. And on there, you'll also see the areas that we cover, which is a huge, huge part of the state. So we cover the Northern Grampian Shire, Arrett Rural City, Horsham Rural City, West Wimmera Shire, Hindmarsh Shire, Yarriambiak Shire, Bulloak Shire, Southern Grampian Shire, Pyrenees Shire and Central Goldfield Shire region. So 
GCH is across a big area of Western and Northwestern Victoria. So, um, yeah, have a look for us on the, on the web on uh, gch.org.au or you can find us on socials on Facebook, facebook.com slash Grampians Community Health or just when you're on your Facebook page, type in Grampians Community Health on the search bar there and you'll find us. And we are on Instagram and Snapchat as well, at GCH Grampians is the handle for both of those. Now, this podcast, the Community is Under Name podcast, is part of the GCH Podcasting Network, along with our Community is Able podcast and GCH Green podcast. So you can subscribe to all of them in one place. They all come under this one feed. So you can jump on to uh, Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, uh, here on Podbean, Anywhere you get podcasts, iHeartRadio, tune in wherever you go to listen to podcasts, you can uh, subscribe. And if you're on Apple Podcasts and you subscribe and you think we deserve it, then uh, a review would be lovely. A five-star review especially would be really nice. And it does help people find the podcast. It does make it more visible the more reviews uh, that, that you have. So um, that would be really good if you could do that. I'd really appreciate that. And so would everyone here at GCH. The intro and outro music is an original composition performed by our very own Andrew Parsons and uh, we use that with his permission and we give him his thanks and this podcast was recorded and produced on the traditional lands of the Jabberwung people and we pay our respects to all elders past present and emerging and we extend that respect to all Aboriginal people well there it is another episode of the community is a middle name podcast I think this is episode number 57 it's uh, it's unreal um, like I said, part of the GCH Podcasting Network, so jump on and uh, look up the other two podcasts, GCH Green with myself and Letitia Stevens, and uh, Letitia's solo podcast, Our Community is Able, where she talks all things disability. Um, and yeah, like I said, leave us a review, jump online, follow us on the socials, do all that sort of cool stuff, and don't forget uh, to come in and have a chat to Katie or give us a call 53587400 come in in person our at Stall Horsham our main offices uh, and make an appointment for, for cervical screening or um, to get a, a bowel screening kit because early detection could save your life 9 out of 10 cancers are treatable when they're caught early enough so uh, yeah definitely worth doing so hopefully Hopefully that we've reached a few people with this podcast who might now stop and have a bit of a think about this. Uh, my name is Gareth Olver, and I really appreciate uh, the support that we get here in the GCH Podcasting Network. And uh, thank you so very much for that. And thank you for joining us for another episode. And I'll be back again very shortly with some more stuff coming at your earballs. So until then, so long.